Hey guys, every Wednesday night at 9 p.m., you guys can go over to ajoum.pompeed.com to download the most recent episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind. And I am happy, happy to announce that people from over 15 countries have done just that several thousands of times. I am so proud of the success this show has had currently, and I look forward to the future that is so bright. Got to wear shades. And if you are a business out there right now looking and entering a sponsorship situation, look no further than Orsini's Uncensored Mind. I've got a ton of fans who are looking to hear all about your service. All you need to do is reach out to me, send me a message on social media, or email me at ajorsini96host at gmail.com. And let's get this buddy system working. I'm here to work for you, and let's make this happen. Warning. The following episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind contains explicit language and adult content. The thoughts and opinions stated on the show are reflective of A.J. Orsini and his guests exclusively. But seriously, guys, the show's called Uncensored. If you got a problem with bad language, I really don't give a shit. Welcome to Orsini's Uncensored Mind, and now your host, AJ Orsini. How the hell is everybody out there? This is your boy. This is your main man, AJ Orsini, and I am here once again to bequeath onto all of you episode 60. That is 6-0. We are counting. We are moving up in the ranks here. We are XPing ourselves into higher numbers every time. Which is kind of how numbers work. Yes. So we are hitting it here with episode 60. And uh, I've had a hell of a week. I cannot wait to divulge. I'm rubbing my hands. What's that sound? I am wringing my hands menacingly because I've got stories for all of you. I'd like to tell you some stories, some personal ones, and and some stories uh, that you might want to hear about some pro wrestling stuff. That's the kind of shit we're getting into here. Okay? So... Episode 60, I want to start off real quick because I've been annoyed by something, and I figure if I'm going to be annoyed, you guys really should be annoyed with me. So I I told myself I, I was going to do this, and I remembered last minute, so I'm going to do this. Let's be annoyed together as a family. You guys ready? Let's be annoyed together. It's the most annoying yet awesome song I've ever heard. I've been hearing this song all week. Yes. Salute indeed. Salute. What a wonderful word to use. I've had an amazing week. Uh, Man, this Sunday really capped it off for me. There's been some cool stuff in between as well. I mean, some cool stuff that's happened to me since Sunday, some cool stuff that happened to me before Sunday. A lot has happened since I dropped that last episode last week. Uh, I dropped a, a roundtable this past Sunday. Obviously, there was the WWE Evolution pay-per-view. I did some personal stuff that I want to talk to you guys about. Man, 
This is going to be crazy. So let's let's stop being vague. Let's get right into this bullshit. So obviously the top story is going to be the one thing that I will finally be done speaking about because it is done and over with. That is, of course, the Evolution pay-per-view. Gotta talk Evolution pay-per-view. Uh, I am not here to address the critics or the criticisms. I don't really care at this point. There were a lot of people who made up their mind about that pay-per-view long before it ever happened. And during the course of the show, because I was in the building, during the course of the show, I could just scroll through my social media every now and then and just see the seething hatred. And it just kind of made me giggle because it's just, just the commitment, the doubling down of stupidity. People just online just shitting on the show and all these different... Uh, we're going to get to all that later. I just want to let you know that that is going to be our top story for the evening. It's going to be the WWE Evolution pay-per-view. If you've heard enough about the Evolution pay-per-view, I feel you. I feel you. You can go ahead and choose to listen to something else. I have to discuss it because, quite frankly, I think it needs discussing at least one more time. And then we can put this to bed. Uh, that's the top story. We have other things that we need to discuss. And, of course, uh, this is airing on Wednesday. October the, I have it right in front of me here, uh, not even October, yeah, October 31st, this will be the Halloween edition of Alcini's Uncensored Mind, this is going to be released on Halloween, um, I wish to God I had some Halloween stuff for you, I had some different plans uh, previously, Leading up to this episode, I figured, you know, episode 60, it's all I think on Halloween, this is going to be dope. But like I said, I've had a lot of cool stuff happen to me this week, and I've actually been pretty busy. And I have a very embarrassing story to tell you, and it's a true story, and I have to tell it to you. Now, I have to disclaim, uh, put a disclaimer, I should say, uh, on this story. Um, it's, it's, a little, it's a little gross. It's a little gross. A little squeamish. Just a little bit. So I need you guys to follow me on this, okay? So, I, this is, what is this, Saturday, right? So this is Saturday. I had a little rumblies in the tumblies. I did. I had a little something folks down south like to call the BGs, all right? I had them bubble guts pretty much all day Saturday. No idea why, but fighting through it. I got a babysitter. If you're a parent listening to this, you understand the sanctity of what I had. I had a gold on my hands. I can't waste this currency. Right? So I got the BGs. Right? I'm going I'm going to the bathroom every other, you know, I say half hour, maybe. Forty five minutes. If my ascular control can 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 keep it together. And I don't shat myself. Okay? So I'm going through all this stuff and I know that I have to I already made plans for me and my wife to go visit a friend who lives about 15, 20 minutes from my house. We had made these plans. We're going to go chill at his house. We're going to go hang out. Okay? We're going to go hang out at this guy's house. So we're going to go, and he's got friends over. So it's like a little house, not party, but a little house get-together. Right? And I'm BGing it up. Even even, even after the dumps, like I'm, my ass is being really passive-aggressive about this shit. Right? No pun intended. So it's throwing out these little warning shots. And I'm not full-fledged butt-clapping farts, but just enough like like just a sm- like small protrusions. It's like little imaginary anal beads of farts just coming right out the butt, right? Like your butt cheeks do like this little snake rhythm where it's just... It's not... You're not even making noise. Like I'm using sound right now to generate 
to give you a full picture of what I'm talking about. I mean, a diameter of maybe less than an inch, right? And just a continuous flow of just gaseous emissions just happening and taking place, leading up to the eventual crescendo, I'm sure. Uh, but I did, I right before we left, I kind of felt good. I was emptied out. I've been drinking fluids. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to see if that's the issue. And we get into an Uber because we know that we're going to get bombed, so there's no way we're driving back. So we're getting into a, we take a fucking Uber. I'm in the Uber. We're talking to my wife. We're, my, we're checking on my, my son and my brother and making sure everything's okay. And I'm just popping, popping, popping. All right. I mean, I know what you're thinking to yourself. There's no way that you were consistently farting for that amount. Dude, I'm talking about like, like I needed a ginger ale in the worst fucking way. Like I had some gas and shit going on. There was a civil war in my stomach and I couldn't get a fucking grip as to what was happening in here. It was fucking, it was fucking me up. So we get to the guy's house. All right, this is where the embarrassing part comes in. Okay, the, 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 the dude in the cab, I think was already on to me. I think the cat was kind of out of out of the bag on that. Like he wants his tip and his five stars, so he's not gonna say shit. But I think he he we kind of made like this awkward this awkward uh, eye contact in the rearview mirror, where it's like he knows what I'm doing and I know what I'm doing, but I'm not gonna give him the privilege of acknowledging that I did it. So he's just gonna keep doing you continue driving the car, knowing full well that I'm doing it. That type of scenario. So I'm basically just repainting his entire back seat back there. I, I'm really putting the finishing touch on this son bitch. Whoever the next writer after me was, I apologize thoroughly that my ass had made the statement that it made. Uh, but hopefully you hopefully you rallied and you got through that because I, I had to rally myself. So we get to the guy's fucking house. And I'm trying to keep composed here, okay? I, have, I think I said it already. Ascular control. I'm trying to make sure that the Panama Canal that is my anus does not open and let through. All right, no more business transactions. We tr- we trying to shut this down. We're guests in a home. All right, very nice home, mind you. So we're trying to. I'm trying to keep things under wraps here with the old bubble. So uh, I'm there. My wife's there. The gentleman, his name is Chris. The, g- the gentleman hosting this little get together. He's he's cooking up, you know, last minute meal stuff for the evening. You know, we we made wings. We had wings. Okay. Now I know what you're thinking. All right, AJ, you've got the bubble guts. Your bubble, you're bubbling up in here. There's nothing really sticking. Everything you're putting in your mouth is coming out your ass faster than the system can process. Wings is not the smartest idea. Well, to that, I will counter by saying you're absolutely right. So what happened was is I got the bubble guts. So I'm trying not to do anything in this dude's house. But the smell of the food coming from the kitchen is doing a number on me. I got the the cool sweats. I have like a slight sheen of perspiration upon my brow. I feel like crying. You know, I'm in a bad place physically and emotionally. You understand what I'm trying to say to you? This is a very taxing situation. I'm trying not to use the bathroom. I have made a decision in my mind that this is the way this is going to go. So, obviously, my body has a completely different plan. So, I'm smelling all this good shit, and my stomach is starting to go crazy. So, I look over to my wife, who is half in the kitchen, half not. She's talking to him, but she's also trying to talk to me. It's a weird thing. We're in a weird place, right? So, I'm trying to give her... I'm doing it now. Like Hopefully, you can hear it. I'm trying to give her the wink. Like I'm trying to give her the Iggy that... 
I got I got to go to the bathroom. So I'm trying to see if she can make some sort of distraction play to divert him from where I'm headed. And as she does pick up on it, she goes fully into the kitchen to do to take his attention and focus uh, off of what's going on in the room, completely on her and completely on the wings. This leaves me open to head over to the bathroom and handle my business. Now, this gentleman has quite a nice bathroom. I mean, it's got the placemat. He has a he has that little thing. There's this new thing now. I don't know if you guys know. Like, apparently, we've been shitting wrong this entire time, and there's this little foot rest that they put now in front of the toilet, so you can have like your legs hiked up while you shit. There's diagrams about it on TV and everything. It's hilarious. So, like, you you put your sphincter at, like, a, I don't know, 45, possibly 38 degree. It's somewhere between 35 and 45 degree angle, right? So that you don't break the log. Like, it's a full-on tube that goes right into the bowl, and it's supposed to be a cleaner and more accurate discharge of, uh, of the log into the bowl. I don't know. I can't break it down, but he's got one of those fucking feet rest things, which I don't use. I've been shitting the same way for 35s. I'm not changing my shit trajectory at 35. I'm just not. My angle stays the same. All right, this is the angle I've been shitting at for this long. Okay, I'm, a, I'm an expert wiper. I don't, I don't need to worry about all that backlash or whatever the fuck you're worried about. So I come in. I, I'm By the time I'm in the bathroom, I've already made the decision mentally that we just we just going to fuck this bathroom up. All right, we got we got to do what we got to do, because the way I figure it is, if I get it all out right now, then I won't have to worry about this later. So I go into the bathroom and I do the damn thing, right? Boom, thunderous, right? It's a slam, a jam, right? I, I mean, this is a three flusher. There's no doubt about it. At least minimum, and and none of them was courtesy. The courtesy, let me see, it was straight, it was straight fire the first round. That took two flushes. That's how the big bang happened there. I did a courtesy third flush. Just to give you guys an idea of my system here. I always courtesy flush after a primary flush. That's the way that I use the restroom. I, I let my, my, my stuff come down. I, my initial flush that gets rid of it. And then a courtesy flush for smell and whatnot. Okay. This shit was so bad. It was a third. It was a three flusher. I had needed two flushes. To clear out the chamber, so to speak, and then one, and then I ended up doing a fourth flush for some residual. I had the baby, and now the afterbirth had to come out. There was some pebbles or whatnot, you know, you clean all that stuff out, right? So it was at least minimum. It was about four flushes. There may have been the fifth. I can't recall. So I'm doing my damn thing, and I started noticing that in this bathroom, neither to the right of me, because the tub was to my left. It's bowl, tub. Wall with towel rack, and then to the far, like in front of you, if you're sitting on the bowl, far left would be sink, and then straight ahead door. And there's no toilet paper dispenser area, if you will, for 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 the bowl uh, or next to the bowl. So I start peeping. I'm looking around. I said, "Okay, look, this is the situation here, because uh, I, I just like I just said, a four flusher here. Now we've got a situation." So I start looking. And I realize that there's the reason why I don't see the toilet paper is because it kind of fell behind the towel and there isn't much of it. So I said, okay, let's see what we can get out of this bad boy. Now, as I explained about the four flusher, uh, if I had to describe what kind of a wiping system this was, I would like to suggest, based on what took place, that the amount of wipes that it took 
to 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 rectify this situation. Let's say it was a total of about 16 to 17 wipes. Let's just say for the sake of math and figures, right? I don't know if it was that much. I may be highballing it. But let's just say I'm trying to give you an example of where I'm at. So let's say about 16 to 17 wipes. Then the toilet paper roll that I had only allowed for about five to six. So as you can see, I'm a little below the 50% mark. Okay, a little below satisfactory. All right, so what I'm saying here is I got a, I, I got a ass that's half wiped. And I need to f finish this situation off. So I'm pretty panicky at this point. I start weighing my options. I always have the paper roll itself. Everyone knows that one, right? Uh, but that's only if you've got like a little bit left to go. That's a last resort. You don't get much traction out of that. Like I said, I'm below 50% here. There's, uh, there's a good amount still left to be disposed of here. So that's not really an option for me. So I'm looking around, and I got desperate. You start looking at hand towels and shit. Like really, like you, you really start weighing the options in your head. It's like I'm gonna wipe my ass with this, uh, with this uh, hand towel, right? And then I'm just gonna throw the hand towel out the window. Like just make it seem like he lost the hand towel along the way. Like it wasn't just hit there before I got there. Like wipe your ass with it, and then just get rid of the fucking like just burn it, just get rid of it. It never existed. And they come in the they come in the living room. Hey, you guys see my hand towel? Nah, I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't seen your hand towel like ever. What's a hand towel? What is that? So I started getting desperate. Now, for the record, I did not use the hand towel. I did not need to, because what ended up happening was, I noticed underneath the sink was a half-used baby wipes. Uh, baggy. So baby wipes it is, and uh, and that's what we did. We did baby wipes, cleaned it up. Now I know some of you out there are new to this shit now, where apparently like baby wipes is like this big lifesaver thing. Uh, a lot of people are, are saying now that it's probably the best way to go. I gotta tell you, it's my first time wiping my ass with baby wipes since maybe I was a kid, and uh, I gotta say, delightful experience. I felt good. Uh, I'm not a very good public shitter for that exact reason because I, I I have this weird thing about me. I, I take a bath after I take a shit, like every time. Anybody who knows me knows this. I take I Even if I visit a house, I take a shower if I have to take a shit. I don't like taking shits outside of my house. And when I take shits inside my house, um, I'm a little bit more comfortable because it's my shower, so I can take a shower. I like showering after a shit. I need to feel completely clean when I leave a bathroom. I don't want no residual shit. I don't want no shit trail, like an aroma thing following me. None of that. I don't want any of that happening. So the wipes was actually a very different dynamic. I'd never used the baby wipes before. So it was very interesting. Very, very, very interesting. So that's my embarrassing story. Oh, no, wait. Oh, I was just going to cut it off, but you know what? I forgot the last piece. No pun intended. I got the baby wipe situation, right? The baby wipes came in, cleaned the job up. Everything's fine. The problem is, is I forgot that I was using baby wipes. So what had happened was, I don't know if any of you out there know about density, but baby wipes are a little bit different texture-wise than toilet paper. So I dumped a bunch of these baby wipes into the toilet, and I think you know where this is headed. Yeah, I clogged the toilet up, clearly. So, I start looking around the bathroom. I almost forgot to tell you this part. 
So I go back to looking around the bathroom. First I was looking at toilet paper. Now I'm looking for a plunger. None to be had. None to be had. There's no plunger here. So, start thinking my options here. I can stick my hand into the fucking bowl and see if I can release some stuff. But that's uh, that's pretty gross. No one wants to be elbow deep in a toilet that was literally just filled with shit. T-minus two minutes ago. So, start weighing my options. Eventually, I realize I really have no options. I have to go out here and I've got to face this music. So, I open the door and I come out. And I noticed right in front of the door was a plunger stick. So, I said, ah, shit. He must have recently broke his plunger. I'm going to have to go in here and bite this goddamn bullet. So I come out, and sure enough, I ask the question, hey, do you by any chance have a plunger? And sure enough, the answer is, ugh, unfortunately, my plunger just broke. And I am defeated. I am dead. It sucks. And I said, okay, well, see, what had happened was, and I didn't even get a chance to finish, thankfully, when my wife says, you, you stuffed it up, and I was like, yeah, I stuffed it up. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, this is embarrassing. So my wife literally gives me like, I don't know, she just pulled like five bucks out of her pocket, and she's like, well, he needs a new plunger anyway, so why don't we just get him a plunger? It's no big deal. We live in New York, so the deli downstairs has plungers. So I'm like, all right, I'll go get the plunger. And here comes Chris, the guy hosting the he goes, oh, no, wait, you don't have to do that. I'll get my own plunger. Just wait a second, though. I'm going to borrow the neighbor's. Oh, my God. I cannot begin to tell you how much my skin crawled when he said that. You're going to borrow. You know a plunger is for shit, right? That's almost its sole purpose. Without ship, there is no plunger. Without plunger, there is no shit. It is the circle of bathroom life. You don't borrow someone else's plunger. Oh, my God. So he went, and he went and got the plunger, and I was like, he came into the, and I think he wanted to give it to me. No dice, my friend. I will just as soon as leave my shit in your house before I touch that unknown substance that is in your hand. I see the wood and I see the rubber and I refuse, my friend. I will leave. I will leave. I will not do it. I will leave my shit and my shitty baby wipes right there for you to deal with. Okay? And he did not give it to me. I thought he was trying to. And maybe he was subconsciously, but when I didn't grab that nasty-ass stick... Uh, he went and did what he had to do, and then uh, he he did what he had to do, right? And then he comes out with it, and he's talking. And the way that he talks, he talks with his hands. So he's moving the stick around with he He's trying to emphasize, but he's got a fucking ugh, neighborly plunger. Uh, no, dude, no. Put that fucking thing away. So he went and brought it back, and, and that was the end of it. All right, so that's Jesus fucking Christ. That was the fucking story, the the, the, the embarrassing story for me from this past weekend. In over 15 countries, over several thousands of downloads, Orsini's Uncensored Mind is flying right straight through the stratosphere. It is growing every single day, and of course, you can catch the weekly releases every week, every Wednesday, 9 p.m., by going to ajoum.podbean.com, but if you cannot reach us there... There are many other platforms in which you can catch the show. You can check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Listen Notes, Castbox.fm. If you have any of those services, you can catch Orsini's Uncensored Mind. Again, every Wednesday, 9 p.m., become a member of the Squad of O. It's a pretty cool group of people, and it's a pretty awesome show to listen to. And I would know because I, I, I host a show. I really need you guys to listen. Check us out. 
So, now that I've shared far too much about myself <laughs> and gave you guys an inside look at what's been going on with me and my weekend here, a couple of other things I want to talk about here really quickly. Um, they're very wrestling related, so we're going to start dabbling into the wrestling stuff now. So, uh, we're not starting with WWE stuff. We're actually starting with a little bit of Impact Wrestling and a little bit of Ring of Honor news. We're going to talk about a little bit of uh, about championship reigns here. And the reason we're going to bring that up is because we've... We're, we've made history with one, we're on the cusp, well, actually we've made history with both, but we're on the cusp of some very serious history uh, between one individual and one tag team. I'm going to start with the tag team because it's a tag team that is very near and dear to my heart, and that's the LAX, my two homeboys, Santana and Ortiz, are the current Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champions of the World, and they are currently the longest reigning Impact Tag Team Champions of all time. It's an amazing feat. Thank God they got an opportunity to prove what these guys can do because, man, they are amazing. Uh, they've always been amazing, for those of you wondering. Pretty much out of school, these guys were amazing. And I'm glad the rest of the world is finally seeing it. Uh, but the reason why I'm bringing it up not isn't just because of that. Because if you think about it realistically, as great friends as they are to me, um... Impact Wrestling in and of itself doesn't have a very long history, especially when it comes to championship reigns, obviously. Uh, as we all know, this is formerly Global Force Wrestling, formerly Total Nonstop Action. Um, the current reign for LAX, I have the facts in front of me here. As uh, Let me see. As of October 25th, so was that five days ago? So they should be, ooh, ironically, 187 <laughs> from when I'm recording this. is Tuesday night, so uh, 188, I guess, Wednesday when this airs, uh, will be their uh, combined uh, tag team reign thus far, 183 days. Um, that makes them the longest-running um, Impact Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion, uh, excuse me, uh, World Tag Team Champions. Uh, if they hold the belt for just 25 more days, they will be surpassing beer money for the longest reigning TNA Tag Team Champions of all time. But the overall history of this company from day one, the Tag Team Championship title reign record is 250 days held by America's Most Wanted, Chris Harris, James Storm, from the NWA TNA era. That's back when they were the NWA World Tag Team Champions. So uh, they're within reach of a lot of history here. Uh, if they reach 251 days, they will be the longest reigning tag team champions of any rendition of TNA, whether it be TNA, Global Force, or Impact, or even NWA, whatever the case may be. Uh, I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to get 251. As a matter of fact, I think they're going to blow that record out of the water for two reasons. A, they're super talented, and the tag team division should be revolved around them. Secondly, and more importantly, they don't have nearly enough contenders to 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 play pa uh, uh, to play uh, back and forth with. OVE uh, is an amazing team, and they've had their wars with them. But like I said, they've had their wars with them. Obviously, the OGs was another great feud, but you're, you're going to have to start building some opponents for them really fast in order to keep that 251 interesting. They're going to keep the matches good because they're that good. But I think the strength of LAX right now needs to be their storytelling, and as good of storytellers as they are, I don't really think they've been tested just yet. OVE was an easy one 
to be honest with you. It's an easy one. They're super athletic. We already know the match is going to be dope. All they needed was the right rating, and they got it. They got the right rating, and everything made sense. The OGs, I think, to be honest with you, OGs was probably a little harder than um, OVE because the original LAX versus the current LAX, that's a storyline that's been done in wrestling before. So for them to put their own little spin on it, turn it into this little gangster novella thing that they were doing, that's pretty, it was a different spin. It was pretty dope. They've managed to keep it interesting. It hasn't been a very boring 187. So that's really good. If they can get 251, that makes them the longest reigning ever. And if they can do that, that gives them an opportunity to push the envelope a little bit. So I wish the guys the best of luck. And uh, I know I'm going to have them on the show soon. And the reason why I keep saying that is because Santana keeps telling me that. Uh, they're very busy. <laughs> they're good friends of mine, but they're very busy, obviously. Uh, as I record this, I believe they're still on the Jericho Cruise. They're the Jericho Cruise, kicking it with all the biggest stars in the world. Um, very proud of those guys. And I, 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 I don't give them shit for it because they tell me all the time, yeah, we're going to do the show, we're going to do the show. And I don't give them shit for it because they're doing their thing. They're living their dream. I'm super happy for them. And to be honest with you, I'm a little low on the totem pole. You know, they just did Busted Open Radio with Bully Ray, and they're, they're doing the Jericho Cruise, they're traveling from Mexico to Germany to Euro all over Europe. I mean, they're doing their damn things, man. I'm so proud of those guys. And I think 251, not only is within reach, but I think it's the only smart thing to do. I don't know any other tag teams really in that company right now that would be a smarter choice than LAX. I really don't. And that's just not me being biased. I'm just looking at it from a wrestling standpoint. You can probably do OVE. They didn't run. They didn't have that long a run with the tag titles. So if you want to bring the, bring them back into focus and get those belts back onto them for a little bit, just to build kind of like a, a two-team rivalry for the ages type deal, then that would be great. The beer money in Motor City Machine Guns of 2018. That uh, that would be stupendous. Another piece of history uh, that is being made over at Ring of Honor. It's by the Ring of Honor World's Heavyweight Champion, Jay Lethal. Uh, he's got a lot of history here. And I, I got a personal story about him as well, too. But uh, let's talk about a little bit about the statistics here. He is the current Ring of Honor World's Heavyweight Champion. Obviously, um, he's been defending the championship for a long while here. It says here, uh, Lethal achieved another milestone when he moved past Nigel McGuinness into second place for most combined days as ROH World Champion at 546. This article was written uh, today, so it would be 546. Wow, this article is more accurate uh, time-wise than I thought. Uh, but yeah, 546. He only trails Samoa Joe, who held it for a combined 645 days. Days, so that leaves him about 99 days. 99 days to go here. That's roughly about three. We'll say three and change uh, months-wise. Uh, another one who I think can do it, and to be honest with you, probably should because as great as that run was for Samoa Joe, 645 days. That was a maniacal run for him. He had a great run as Ring of Honor World Champion. Not only did it put him on the map, it put the whole fucking company on the map that's what you want your world champ to do and uh and that was an amazing run unfortunately that run was about 13 years ago and i think it's either about time or getting about that time uh for some new blood to go ahead and take over and if you're going to do it why not jay lethal i mean it says here i mean i'm just going to read what it says here lethal aptly named the franchise of ring of honor held titles uh held the title 427 days 
from 2015 to 2016, and his second and current reign begins June 30th. It is now at 119 days. When taking into account his two reigns as Ring of Honor World Television Champion, one reign as ROH Pure Champion, which was a title that merged with the world title in 06, Lethal is by far the most decorated singles competitor in ROH history, having spent 1,407 days with gold around his waist. That is an amazing accomplishment for anybody in the modern era to do. Uh, it's it, it, Ring of Honor really brought that back. The WWE used to do stuff like that, or the NWA used to do stuff like that, where champions would hold the belts literally for like a million years, and they would just build around that guy and just feed him opponent after opponent. And that kind of went away in the 90s. Uh, it was, it, I mean, title reigns lasted, what, two, three months, and then to be on to the next guy, and they'd be doing storylines involved with that. So long champions kind of went away for a long while. Um, Ring of Honor brought that back, and I'm and I, speaking on experience because, you know, when you take into consideration, I think Samoa Joe really started that off. I mean, you think about it, low-key was the big draw at the time. He was the first champion. He lasted a few months before he lost it to Xavier, who had it for about a month or two, who then lost it to Samoa Joe, and then Samoa Joe, there you go, 645 fucking days uh, as champion. And guys after that, he lost to the Aries, who had it for almost a year, and then we got long reigns like Daniel Bryan, who uh, had, a, what, was it 500-plus days? Uh, Nigel McGinnis, who was 500-plus days. Uh, Austin Aries had a nice little run with it. I mean, these guys were having legit long-term runs with the heavyweight championship. Adam Cole has three championship rings to his claim. I mean, Ring of Honor really brought that back and put it back into perspective here. Now, as a lineup here, Lethal's next title defense will be against Kenny King on November 11th when the Global War Global Wars Tour concludes in Toronto. That match follows a grueling stretch for Lethal in which he will appear on the Jericho Cruise. Uh, he'll be competing at Steel City Excellence, Pittsburgh, November 3rd, Survival of the Fittest, Columbus, November 4th, Global Wars events in Lewiston, Maine, November 7th, Lowell, Mass., November 8th, and Buffalo, New York, November 9th. He's not just competing on the indie schedule, folks, where he wrestles once a month, two times a month at most. He's wrestling every, almost literally every fucking day. This guy is out here doing the damn thing, and he's held the belt for that long. That's impressive. That's a real world champion. And, uh, and and he's doing something very special. Now, the personal story, I go back a long time with Ring of Honor as well. As a matter of fact, the first uh, event that I ever attended live was uh, a show over at the Rexplex over in um, Elizabeth, New Jersey. For those of you who don't know, it was like a skate park entertainment area that uh, that housed uh, some wrestling. And uh, it was way back, 9-11. It was September 11th of 2004. And it was my anniversary gift. My one-year anniversary gift from my wife was, uh, was Ring of Honor tickets. And uh, that's kind of when I knew. No, <laughs> that was it. She was the one. Um, but the reason I say personal stories is because the dark match for that show was Jay Lethal and Matt Stryker. Not the Matt Stryker from former WWE Superstar Matt Stryker. It was another. At the time, there were two Matt Strikers. This was a different Matt Stryker. And the reason why that was so crazy is because uh, Jay Lethal at that point had separated from a group that he was in with a bunch of kids. I forgot the name of the fucking group. It was like Dixie and Pixie and... Oh, man, I'm drawing a blank. I can't remember the name of the fucking group. But he was a part of some group, and he had just split. And uh, during intermission, like I said, it's a skate park, right? 
So we're eating, we're doing, they have arcades there and shit. And um, I guess, you know, even though they're doing a storyline where he broke up with the group, he's still kind of friends with them. So I, I was very heavy into DDR at that time, Dance Dance Revolution. So I'm on the Dance Dance Revolution machine. And uh, my flip phone on the clip is bouncing around over here, fucking me up. So I take the fucking clip off and put it on top of the machine so I can finish my sweet dance moves. And uh, and I forget the fucking um, cell phone on the machine. So I leave. We go eat. We get back to the seat or whatever when I realize I don't have my fucking cell phone. So, of course, we scramble, which I was pissed off about because I want to get my phone. But next up is Brian Danielson versus Alex Shelley. And I really wanted to fucking see that. So I'm making a beeline for the machine. And who's on the fucking machine but Jay Lethal and his fucking friends over here. And I go over and ask them, hey, by any chance did you guys happen to see it was a Verizon flip phone? And uh, I asked them if they'd seen the uh, the phone. And, of course, they're playing it like they don't know nothing. And, 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 and it was just a very frustrating. It was a very bad exchange at that time. Because I was just like, um, I, I I need my fucking phone, and and I just I guess maybe I came at them wrong or whatever because I was met with, uh, I was met with some sarcasm there, and 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 it did not work out very well. So my first impression of him was not very good, uh, <laughs> and you know what? It um, special K, son of a bitch, holy fuck. Like a fucking lightning bolt, dude. Special K. Now I remember. Yes, it was Special K. So, sorry, I yelled that. My bad. That was very... I might have to edit it. Nah, fuck that. That was emotion. That was pure, unmitigated emotion. But, yes. So, my first impression of Jay not so good. But he's a hell of a wrestler. I got to know him a little bit in person when I worked with House of Glory and, and from other shows that I worked at. And... um so my, my, my opinion of him definitely changed <laughs> over time. But he's a hell of a champion. And I can't wait for... Oh, here it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check this out. I just found this. This was Special case theme in Ring of Honor. It's dope. I don't even know... Are you ready? Bring on the smoke. It just sounds dope. Turn up the lights. Can you feel the energy? I said, can you feel the energy? Okay. Now, get ready to lose your mind. Get ready to lose control. Now, you're a victim of hard style. Yeah. Still talking. Ready. That intro is a full minute. One zero zero. Holy fuck. You should just do the rest of the show like this. All of a sudden I want cookies. Dope entrance is what I was trying to get at. It's pretty dope entrance. Yeah, I definitely want cookies right now. I don't even know why. I can't explain it. Yeah. We kind of went off the rails there, but yeah, Jay Lethal's doing some really cool shit at Ring of Honor. To think, he went from that shit to the most decorated Ring of Honor star, literally, of all time. That's pretty dope. Anyway, 
On the other pro wrestling news, uh, this one now, we are switching over to the WWE for just a quick second. And this next topic I'm going to talk about super duper fast. And the reason why I'm going to talk about it super duper fast is because I have said so much about this topic already as it is. And no matter how many times people try to correct me or yell at me or call me an idiot or I've actually been called a piece of shit over this topic. There's nothing much more for me to say on it, so I'm not going to spend that much more time on it. But, of course, this Friday, WWE will be presenting Crown Jewel. Now, if you listen to Raw and SmackDown, you have no idea where and what this really is, but I'm going to go ahead and say it because it's what it is, and it's the truth. This Friday, WWE will be presenting Crown Jewel, which is a pay-per-view event that will be taking place in Saudi Arabia. You guys following me on this? Saudi Arabia. I've been saying it for fucking weeks, folks. And now we're on the precipice. It's right there. Alright, this is going to air Wednesday. The show is on Friday. Okay? The show was never being moved. The show was never being canceled. The show was never in danger of one fucking thing. Not one thing. It was never in danger of anything at all. I told you guys a thousand times what the deal was. Nobody ever wants to fucking listen to me. Everyone always thinks I'm speaking in... in I'm speaking in... in uh, what should I call it? Uh, in ratings. I want to get ratings. Oh, he wants to get likes. So he's saying these outlandish things. No. I'm not saying outlandish shit to you. I'm telling you facts. This show is never going anywhere. So this Friday, the pay-per-view is going to be taking place as predicted. And now we have new information that ha- that's been coming out. It's the only reason why I'm bringing it up. But two of the biggest stars who were asked to participate on this show have backed off of it. John Cena is no longer on this show, and neither is Daniel Bryan. Both were appropriately written off. Storyline-wise, on their prospective shows, Raw and SmackDown, and given way to substitutions. And that is fine. That is the one reason why I'm bringing this back up, because I don't want to give anybody the impression that I was saying all this stuff about how it's not being canceled, it's not going away. I don't want people to get the impression like I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with that. It's a shitty situation to be in. These fuckers are over here killing people for real. This is a real thing. We're not making this shit up. They're fucking killing people. But the problem is, is this isn't new. They've been killing people. They didn't just up and decide to just murder a dude like this out of fucking on a fucking Wednesday just randomly at two o'clock and you know what? Fucking kill this guy. They've been doing it for forever. Our government has been complicit in this shit for forever, okay? It didn't bother John Cena when they were at the Greatest Royal Rumble. It didn't bother Daniel Bryan when he was going 70 minutes in the Greatest Royal Rumble. He feels he feels like it's not a good thing to do to go to Saudi Arabia and participate on a show that he's booked very heavily in because of uh, the situation that took place. But he didn't have a problem with that shit when he went the first time to make history. He doesn't want to go. So does that mean he's done talking about his historic 70 minutes? Because you can't mention 70 minutes without talking about Saudi Arabia. So does that mean that that goes away? It's over? We're not mentioning this shit anymore? It's a done deal? 
Hmm? Are we being selective again? Because that's what this outrage is. This outrage is selective. I I really truly don't believe in my heart that close to seventy five to eighty percent of you really give a shit about the gentleman who was murdered in Saudi Arabia. I don't. I don't believe that. People will say, well, on a human level, you know, humanity wise, how do you not feel fuck that. You're lying. You're full of shit. You don't give a fuck. I've seen people go online this past few weeks destroying the WWE on their decision to co- to continue forward with this show. I mean, we're talking about people in their 30s and 40s over here. That's bullshit. WWE's all about the money. First of all, it's a business. Of course, it's about the money. Duh. That's what a biz- that's what a business is. Okay, but I've never seen anybody give anybody shit for working for Saudi Arabia, and that's all they've ever done is handle business their way. You think the WWE is the first company? You think the WWE is the only company right now, currently, working hand-in-hand with the Saudi Arabian government? I posted a link earlier today. Oh, excuse me. I'm recording this on Tuesday, so it was earlier today, but by this recording, it was the previous day. Go to my Facebook page. You will see it. It is a listing. I have it right in front of me. A listing of American companies, companies based here, who function here, who are in an open, who are openly contracted and working with the government in Saudi Arabia, same as the WWE. Maybe not in an entertainment format, but finances, arms deals. I mean, for God's sakes, Coca-Cola works with them. The Pfizer company works with them. Chase Bank works with them. Verifone works with them. Texaco this is gas stations now. All right, Sunoco, Eastcom. I got a whole listing here. I'm not going to go through this whole list. Exxon, fucking Enron Corp worked with them. It's a listing of past and current people, uh, companies who are here in the U.S. that work with them. Rand Financial Services, Phillips Petroleum Company, Samsonite, Motorola. Any of these sounding familiar to you? Lucent Technologies. Sigma Corporation, Citicorp, any of these, the Carlisle Group, Bank of America, which is where my bank is from, AT&T, any of these fucking Pepsi Cola, Coca-Cola, any of these, the Kellogg Company, Kellogg, your cereal, your fucking cereal, they got your cereal, bitches, it's fucking selective. It's selective. You're being selective. You're picking and choosing what pisses you off. That's why when you get pissed off, no one fucking cares. People are are online right now blowing John Cena and Daniel Bryan. Good for you guys. Standing up for your morals. I respect it too. I think if that's how they felt and they didn't want to go, then they don't have to go. John is not has made it very clear he's not not going to Saudi Arabia because of the fucking reporter. He thinks all the backlash is going to hurt his brain. The guy's trying to be a movie star. Again, him. He's got nothing to do with the fucking reporter. Now, Daniel Bryan's a different breed altogether. I think, I truly do believe that he's not going because he doesn't feel his right to go. I truly do believe that. The problem is, is he's probably not the only one. But everybody else is going to work. He decided he didn't want to go to work, and that's fine. Listen, that's fine, all right? They they fixed it here. I, I'm recording this Tuesday night. We just did SmackDown, right? We did SmackDown. So 
Uh, we all know how this goes down. They did a championship match on SmackDown. AJ gets beat up by Samoa Joe. We're continuing with this feud over to Crown Jewel. Okay. For all you, well, Cena and Daniel Bryan aren't going, so that'll show them. Didn't show them shit. They were replaced like that. Cena was replaced with a fucking word. And they shit on him, by the way. <laughs> they took a shot at him, too. It wasn't just replacing him like Daniel Bryan. Cena got fucking shit on. Yeah, Bobby, we're going to put you in, in, in the uh, World Cup in Crown Jewel. Oh, I thought the World Cup was uh, already filled up. Yeah, but we're going to replace the guy who didn't qualify to be in Crown Jewel. We're just going to have you take his place. <laughs> I'm telling you. I am fucking telling you. This was a foregone fucking conclusion. It's business. It's business. So I'm not even going to talk about that card. I already ran that down last week. That was it. That was my that was my only point for Crown Jewel. It was a ha ha moment for me because... No one listen to what I'm telling you, and you will be able to live and do everything a whole lot better. I can improve your fucking life if you just fucking listen to me. I can make everything in your life better if you just listen to me. I'm telling you, this shit's gonna happen. This shit's gonna happen. Okay, you gotta follow along with me here. All right, I'm being reasonable. I'm not trying to fuck with you on purpose. All right. I'm just not. And now back to Action News 5. Our top story tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Urgent and horrifying news story. We're going to end this show off right now with our top segment of the evening. The top segment, of course, is WWE Evolution. I already spoke earlier just a little bit about it. And I wanted to get a little bit more in-depth about this pay-per-view. I wanted to tackle a few more points. Now, we did a roundtable, episode 59. We did a roundtable. It was myself, Ariella Nix, Kara Scarfield, and, of course, Mrs. O. We sat down. Uh, it was supposed to be a genuine all-women's roundtable. I was not supposed to be on that show. I was going to be directing and hosting, but you weren't supposed to hear my voice. Uh, there was a fourth female. Actually, two people were supposed to be fourth <laughs> And uh, I got canceled on both times, so last minute uh, I stepped in and, and uh, you know, engaged in conversation. But uh, nonetheless, the conversation was exactly what I was hoping it was. Inside look at what it's like to be a woman in, in, in the wrestling business. Um, they discuss their starts, their experiences, what they go through, what they see, how they feel the, the evolution has uh, taken place, who started it, all that good stuff. Episode 59 uh, that just went placed uh, this Sunday. But I placed it a little late. I normally place roundtables around noon of the pay-per-views. I put it on at 2 uh, because there was a lot of running around because I was headed to the building. Now, I haven't been to a WWE show in a long time. Long time. I mean, what are we, 2018? It's, it's been a minute. It was SummerSlam. The first SummerSlam. So, 2014. 2014. Since a wrestling show. Or, uh, excuse me, since a WWE wrestling show, I should say. So uh, I had a I had a pit in my stomach. Now maybe it was because I had you know hindsight. Now I had bubble guts on Saturday, so Sunday maybe that was some residual. But I had this pit. I had this feeling in my gut uh, of nervousness and excitement. And I, the way that I explained it to my wife is I I compared it to 
how I felt when I was getting ready to go to a show I was working. This combination of nerves and excitement and just what's going to happen, this, this exciting mystery feeling. Um, we were headed into uncharted territory. There's never been a WWE pay-per-view revolved simply around just the women. It's never been done before. Uh, the judge is out as to whether or not it will ever happen again. But uh, I went to this show with a lot of anxiety. And the reason why I think that that was, because we were talking about it like at the show. I think the reason why that was is because I've never really attended a show where the hope, the hope was that this show was going to be terrible. That was what the hope was. There were a lot of people out there who simply wanted to see it fail simply because it's the girls. They just didn't want, they just, God forbid, they just didn't want the girls to do a fucking thing. Please, please don't do anything. Please make this shitty so I can jump all over it and we can start the groundswell of support online that we always do when it comes to ganging up on people. Please give me the opportunity to gang up on you is what it was. So I, I never really root, so to speak, for a show to be successful. Either it is or it isn't. I don't really root for the success of any particular show. But this one, this one I rooted very hard for. I thought to myself, please go out there and just fucking kill it. Please just go out there. No mistakes, ladies. Just go. So uh, I just wanted to give a little insight. First of all, first and foremost, let's just talk about the pay-per-view itself. Um, the building is the Nassau Coliseum. I've been there a thousand times. It's not my favorite building in the entire world. Um, but it was perfect for this show in the sense of it was big enough to look like a big deal, but small enough to really be manageable and lighting and all that stuff. I'm a big fan big proponent of the darkened arena with the spotlight love it it's my favorite uh way to light up a building for a wrestling show the focus should always be in the ring wwe is like the one company that doesn't do that they like the whole fucker up all the time so when they go back to the old school way uh even for a show special like this it comes across as dumb and low budget and the reason why it comes across that way is because the people who criticize it in that way don't know any better. They've never seen their wrestling shows look like that. They're familiar with just WWE, and WWE always lights shit up. Indie shows darken it. Ring of Honor has darkened it. Um, even NXT to a degree. When they do their live events, they darken it. This isn't new for anybody, or it's not new for wrestling fans either. Uh, but it was new, I guess, for WWE pay-per-views, so when they did that, all you can see online, well, it looks like a fucking house show. No, assholes, it's the same fucking building that had Raw in it like a year ago. It's just not lit up. And the reason why it wasn't lit up, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna be honest about it, it wasn't full. Now, it was a nice-sized house. I'm gonna I'm not gonna sit here and shit on it. It was a nice-sized house. As a matter of fact. It was pretty much up there on par with a lot of recent Raws and Smackdowns. Because for the record, folks, they don't sell out either. Okay? It was a nice size audience. And the most important part about these audiences, they were awake. They cared. 
They really gave a shit about this pay-per-view. A lot. I have to give kudos to the audience that came to Evolution. It was a, it was a great audience. I put on my social media. Somebody tried the beach ball deal. That person was damn near hung, tarred, and feathered. Not tonight, bitches. Don't do that shit tonight. People were very upset. They got booze. They popped it. They popped the fucking balloon. It was a whole ordeal. The audience took this fucking pay-per-view seriously. So I'm super excited about that. My brother brought up a good question because, again, he was not a question. He made up a good point that uh, he was here babysitting my son. So he said, when you guys get over there, just look around and see if you see more more girls than usual. See if these females actually stepped up and supported their own kind here. And I'm happy to say, I personally believe the audience was kind of split. It was probably just as many guys as there were girls. And I was super excited about that in a positive way. I was like, this is good. I actually made the joke. I said, you know, the one thing about that's great about an all-women's pay-per-view is there probably won't be that many guys in the bathroom. Oh, contrary, my friend, quite a few guys were at that pay-per-view. And all the guys that I bumped into anyway at this pay-per-view, super into the idea about women not only having their own pay-per-view, but having more of a hand in their own future when it comes to wrestling. There were a lot of guys that were there with... Uh, Alexa Bliss shirts, Becky shirts, Charlotte shirts. I mean, they sold merch uh, for the ladies and for the Evolution pay-per-view. My wife brought up a very good point. She goes, do you think we'll be able to get any of the guy shirts? I thought maybe you don't want to limit yourself, but Lord and behold, we get to the pay-per-view Evolution. I didn't see any guy shirts for sale. Trish had new shirts. Lita had new shirts. Alexa Bliss had new shirts. They had Evolution shirts like the pay-per-view, shirts for the pay-per-view, which I purchased. I have an Evolution shirt now, uh, which is pretty cool. It's got the New York on it. I was here, all that stuff. It was dope. It was a great atmosphere. I put that on social media too. The atmosphere was fun. I haven't been to a WWE show in a long time, but when I did, the atmosphere never felt fun anymore. And that's why I think I stopped going. The atmosphere wasn't fun. Everybody's just a professional bitcher now. All they do is just bitch all fucking day about... The things they don't like. Standing in line for a wrestling show is the worst fucking experience for certain companies. I know people shit on CZW a lot for that, but like Ring of Honor has a really bad history of that. Where Ring of Honor fans who are online, like to go into the building for the wrestling show, are just unfucking tall and in excuse me, in fucking tolerable. You can't fucking deal with these people. It's just oh, just bitching and moaning. About every fucking thing that's what they feel is wrong with the business. And you just fucking, you just want to have a good time. Fuck. But this show had that. We were online to get into the building. We were online for our food. We were online for the t-shirts. We spent time online. But they were all positive experiences. I didn't have a problem with literally any of those fucking lines that I was on. It was really, really cool. My wife got in cotton candy and it was... It was just an amazing atmosphere. I love the staging. The staging was different, and, and it wasn't... I know, because I think my wife put it out, there was no LED screens for the aprons, and there wasn't an LED screen for the uh, for the entrance. The ramp wasn't there. I thought that was awesome. I love the fact that it wasn't that technical. I love the fact that it was a bare-bones-looking skeleton crew. I, lo- I love that fact about it. It made it seem more intimate. It made it seem more customized for us. You know, it made me feel like it was part of that show. Like, this is just going to be for us. You know, people say, it looked like a host show. You know what? It, 
I like the fact that it felt like that a little bit. Like it was just for us, you know. It was very intimate like that. I got a kick out of it. You know, your your um, your dark match, Rhea Ripley for the NXT UK Championship, and, uh, excuse me, NXT UK Women's Championship. And we spoke about this on the roundtable at the time. We didn't know who the opponent was going to be. I didn't even know until we walked into the building and the music played that it was going to be Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai is an amazing athlete and a great uh, wrestler. And so is Rhea. Rhea has become that as well. So they gave us a really a really good opening. It was something that I, I could really get behind. And my wife had never, um, had, hadn't seen Dakota Kai since the first May Young Classic. Actually, both of these women, women were in the first May Young Classic. So it was good to see them out there. Much improved, much better from when we last seen them. And uh, they had a great match. And uh, it was a good opener to uh, to the show. And they get people hyped and hopped up. That opening package played, and I gotta tell you, man, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. Dope package, and then the live performance. I mean, they really made it to me. It really felt like a big deal. I don't understand where people was coming from with this garbage, but the live performance was the first moment where I realized. I started looking around. I looked at the audience, the staging, the promo packages, and I saw a live performance, and I went, "Ooh, this feels like a takeover." Sure enough, I wasn't the only one that felt that. It's all over the internet. It felt like a table takeover. Uh, CBS News reported on the WWE Evolution pay-per-view, and their writers said the same thing. It felt like a Triple H show. It had his fingerprints all over it. The lighting, the way the matches were introed, um, the different storylines inter- interwoven into each match. It felt like a takeover. And when you have a situation like that, it confuses people, Okay. It confuses the haters. That's the one that it really confuses because you took something they really, really badly wanted to hate, but you did it in the way that they like. (laughs) It's like, fuck evolution. I don't want anything to do with that piece of shit show. It's nothing but women. I don't want, who wants to watch a fucking three hour show of that? It's garbage. I want nothing to do with it. And then you see it and you're like, fuck! It has all the things that I like about TakeOver. I can't shit on it. Well, those there's those who still found a way. And to be honest with you, even throughout the course of the show, and I'm not going to go match for match. I, you know, you, you guys pretty much have the results down for everything that took place. I'll just throw notes out really quickly. The opening matchup for the show... Trish Stratus and Lita defeating, uh, defeating Mickey James and Alicia Fox, who was replacing the uh, injured Alexa Bliss. They went with the whole Alice in Wonderland deal with their attire. Uh, Alexa being Alice, Alicia being um, the Mad Hatter, and Mickey James being the Queen of Hearts. And of course, Trish Stratus and Lita, team bestie, as they were referring to themselves. This was the weakest match of the pay per view, but still good. It was good for what it was. It was good for what it was supposed to be. Anything with Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox was... That match took a hit when Alexa got hurt. Um, I posted it on social media. She took a shot to the <clears throat> to the face uh, and uh, received a concussion, possibly a broken nose. Just from... Uh, just from, uh, like, the show before. I think it was in Hartford, Connecticut. So they did a quick replacement there, Alicia Fox. She's a part of the group, and it was a seamless transition. It makes sense. I get it. But... Uh, not a, not a transfer that is equal in any way. Alicia Fox has been in this company, what, uh, 13 years? I, and, and she's athletic, 
and she's crazy, and she has a gimmick and all that stuff. That's great, but not the best wrestler in the world. Blew the final spot there, which left the referee hanging, and uh, almost took really a lot, almost took too much steam out of that matchup. Uh, luckily, they recovered with some dope spots towards the end that uh, got the crowd up, and that was key. The crowd was up this entire time. Uh, the twenty women uh, battle royal was up next. I liked this battle royal a lot. Everyone got a chance to do something. Uh, I loved how hype people got when Tamina and Jax were on the same page. That would be a dope tag team. I know they're starting to put tag teams together for the females. And uh, and I don't know for a fact that would be a, a, a really good one. So uh, Nia Jax would go on to win the last eliminating, uh, last eliminating Ember Moon. And uh, I had, we, if you listen to the roundtable, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I had Asuka in that. Asuka being in this battle royal made zero sense to me. Um even now, the match is over. I still don't understand how she wasn't in a high-profile matchup. Uh, but I can't say that it was that bad of a decision because the ones who were given that shot pretty much knocked it out of the park. The next matchup, the finals of the 2018 May Young Classic, Tony Storm and Io, excuse me, I, Tony Storm and Io Shirai. Um, this, is, this one was new to a lot of people. It opened a lot of eyes. And my f- my brother in particular, who was watching at home while he was watching my son, uh, Tony Storm is a rock star. Io Shirai, obviously very, very good. But Tony Storm, there is so- – and you know what? It's funny because she doesn't do a whole lot to give you this impression. Like, you know, she she's not basic, but at the same time, like, she just has this look. She has this fire, this swagger about her. That is just fucking intoxicating. Uh, I am a huge Tony Storm fan. Was um, from the first May Young Classic. Got my first look at her there, and been kind of following her ever since. Progress, stardom, all that stuff, and then uh, coming into the second May Young Classic, I'm like, she's a favorite, and sure enough, she's a winner. Uh, I don't. I'm not surprised. That they didn't go with EO, being as though Kyrie Sane won last year, and I don't know. I don't think you want two Japanese in a row, but at the same time, you know, many white people in a row have won things, so who knows? I don't know if that factored in, but both of them were signed anyway. Tony was a uh, a huge, uh, this is a huge win for Tony here. Who knows where it goes? I know they get a title match at some point in time. She may cash that in for the NXT UK title, um, but from what I understand, she is eligible to compete for both the NXT Women and the NXT UK Women's Championship, so uh, dope match. Six women tag. Sasha Banks, Bailey, Natalia defeated the Riot Squad. Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, and Sarah Logan. Wonderful match. Great ending. It was dope. Uh, there's not really much you can say about it. These uh, these chicks had a had a real chip on their shoulder because I think I don't know for a split second you kind of got that feeling like these guys were going to be in the battle royal and then they got separated. So that's that's good. If you're going to put Oscar in the battle royal, that's one thing. You don't need Sasha Banks and Bailey and Natalia. And Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan in a fucking battle royal. You just don't need that. Uh, the next three matches. I'm just going to squash them up real quick. The next three matches here. I was very stunned that they went championship, championship, championship. They rarely ever do that, if ever, in the modern era. And that's usually to protect your championships. You don't want certain matches to look identical to others. Take the steam out of it. Yada, yada, yada. But we had three different championship matches that looked three different, you know, three different completely different ways and uh the next matchup up was the uh, nxt women's championship Shayna baszler uh defeating Kyrie sane champion 
by submission. Obviously, she had some help from her four horsewomen who are now apparently they're part of NXT in some form or fashion. They walked off with Shayna. I guess we'll see uh, the next uh, NXT show how that relationship shapes up. But we're inching closer and closer toward this four horsewomen thing. And I got to say, it's pretty. I'm pretty psyched about this. A lot of heat here from the audience about Shayna Baszler winning over Kyrie Sane, and I think the fact that you're upset is all the reason why they did it. They had three championships. One of them had to change line, uh, change hands. Becky and Ronda, now we know, are on a collision course for Survivor Series. Apparently, that was always the plan, so the logical choice here. There had to be one on this show. I think Kara said it on the on the uh, on the roundtable. If you really want this pay per view to mean anything, you gotta have one, and that's the one: Shayna Baszler defeating Kyrie Sane. We had the last women's standing match between uh, Becky Lynch defending her SmackDown Women's Championship against Charlotte Flair. Can we can we speak enough about how great this fucking match is? Because I don't think we can. I don't think we can talk enough about how great this Becky Lynch match was for Charlotte Flair. They went at it. They went all out. 28 minutes, uh, by far the longest match given the most time. Many people make the argument that it should have been the main event. I do concur on the premise that you want to put your best match last. There's no way Ronda Rousey and Nikki Bella were going to be able to follow this match, and they didn't. Uh, this was the best match of the card by far. And as a matter of fact, there are people talking, and I would support that argument, that by this time of the year, Becky Lynch and Charlotte might be in conversation for match of the year, regardless of gender. I don't know if it wins, uh, but it's definitely in the conversation. That was a, a ridiculously awesome Matchup, but then that leads us to our main event, the one that caught caught the most heat here, Ronda Rousey defending the Raw Women's Championship against Nikki Bella. She wins via the arm bar, and for anybody, as myself included, because I've got to be honest with you, I was pissed off that the Bellas were in this situation. The pissed off that the Bellas were in a position to be main events here for Evolution. It pissed me off, but. My mind quickly changed because every single time the Bellas hit that screen, whether it be promo packages or putting over the Evolution deal or whatever the case may be, any single time the Bellas spoke, that building exploded in heat. They did a promo, a promo in gear uh, discussing the possible title match. That got heat. When they came out, the heat was crazy. She gets more heat than a lot of guys do. Immediately, I went to myself, okay, this this is why it's the main event. Ronda came out, big response. It felt like a main event. It felt like it. I get it. Becky and Charlotte was the better match. They were. And I didn't want to see Nick. I, I actually made the, the prediction, not on the show, but in, and, you know, on the way on the drive up. So if you really want to open the show with something crazy that's going to be left field, I would probably open with Ronda and Nikki and leave Becky and Charlotte for last. Just for that shock factor. Now, they didn't do that. They actually put him on the semi. But nonetheless, you, uh, excuse me, it wasn't the semi. Uh, Becky and Charlotte were the semi. They, they put that match last. You you can make the argument, based on how that match went down, that it wasn't the greatest match of all time, but it was definitely serviceable. Nikki did her job. Nikki did exactly what she was supposed to do. It wasn't supposed to be a wrestling match classic. It was supposed to be Ronda Rousey looking like a fucking machine, tapping bitches out left and right. And to be honest with you, it's what it was. Nikki got some heat stuff in there, Brie. They did all the heel stuff you're supposed to do to build up for the baby faces eventually fire up. And uh, when it came, baby, it came. And it was great. And I thought it was good. 
I don't really have a problem with any match on this card. Throw a dart. Now there are going to be people who criticize. There were too many botches. <laughs> First of all, how many botches do you think happen on the men's show that just get fucking obliterated or fucking turn, you turn a blind eye to? Everybody makes mistakes. I'm not going to hold that shit against them. Sorry. It's a pay-per-view, a lot of pressure. Everybody was feeling it. You're going to slip up. You know, it's unfortunate, but that's the kind of stuff that happens. It just kind of fucking happens that way. Total Bellas or Total Divas or whatever the case may be, I don't know. But Nikki is over as a fucking heel. She just is. People just fucking hate this bitch. And Ronda liked her or the people like Ronda. So while we can all sit here and, and, and bitch and complain that it wasn't the main event, at least the main event they did choose was a pretty damn good main event. It was all right. It wasn't the main event of the show. Technically speaking, Charlotte and Becky still should have been last. But it was serviceable for what it was. And it got the people who wanted to watch the pay-per-view because of the Bellas. It got them to watch literally everything else and exposed them to something different. So, I mean, you guys can sit here and bash it all you want. I'm not going to sit here and combat that. I'm not. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. They are. I'm not going to sit here and call you stupid or dumb just because you didn't like the fucking show. But the problem that I have is, is a lot of you people had that opinion and had that thought process long before it ever happened. You guys made your mind up a long time ago that this pay-per-view was going to be shit. And the fact is, it wasn't. I was there. I had a fucking blast watching it. No kids. No, I mean, my wife was there, but no vested interest. Just show me the wrestling. And they deserved everything they got for it. It was a damn good show. Not a good show. A damn good show. I loved everything about that show. The production did a shittier job than the women did. Because they were fucking up the audio left and right. They were fucking up videos. It was nuts out there. And they've been doing promotional stuff for Crown Jewel along with Evolution. Now Evolution's out of the way. That's the one. That's like the main criticism. I'll give it. They didn't promote the show. They didn't. People complained about the darkness. The dark, they dark, dark out the crowd. And I said in the beginning of this, yeah, they blocked it out because it wasn't full. Well, why wasn't it full, assholes? You should have went out there and fucking promoted it. They didn't. Now if they do it again, I promise you, based on the premise we've set, based on the way this show has panned itself out, if we did another one, fuck. You better be ready to go, man. Put the fucking machine behind this shit. There's a market for it. People were going gaga over this show yesterday. Buying the merch. Following people on the social media. That's what you want. It serviced the exact purpose that it needed to service. That's it. There's no special formula to that. You can bitch and moan and talk about your preferences all you want. That's fine. No one's going to take away take it away from you guys. But if you're being real, if you're being real and honest with yourself, it wasn't that bad a show. It was really good. I enjoyed it. Evolution was a hell of a pay-per-view. But Evolution and Crown Jewel are in the same basket with me. I've talked enough about Evolution. I've talked enough about Crown Jewel. We're going to be steering into other directions from here on out, folks. Uh, I've got some plans. I've got some guests coming up. I've got some topics coming up. I've expanded my repertoire as far as the independent wrestling stuff goes. So this is going to be really fun. I'm going to be divulging into some new stuff. I'm trying to find myself outside of my comfort zone. So in order for that to happen, 
uh, I'm going to start having to, you know, mix some stuff up. So uh, that's the evolution stuff. I'm not going to harp too much on the negativity stuff. I do a lot of that on social media as it is. I'm not going to spend my time on my show promoting more fucking negativity. I've made the decision. I don't even know if I mentioned this before. I've made the decision just in my life, just in general. I'm just done with all negativity. I just really am. I just really am. I'm done with the negativity just of life. I just don't want to contribute to it anymore. And while, yes, it's a show, so I'll be discussing things that uh, you know that I dislike and will be combative from time to time, I'm just not going to go out of my way to do that. All right? I'm not going to go out of my way to do that. If you guys had a fucking problem with the show, that's your fucking problem. All right, and I hope there is another one, at least one more, just to give, just to make sure that this time around it's promoted correctly, and this time around the power players that you need in place are there, because they're, although they had a nice blend of old and young and present and current and future and yada 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 yada, the next one better be about the goddamn present and future, man. Enough with the past. Enough. I'm not enough with the bringing people back from from whatever. You know, the Kelly Kellys of the world. E- even for the Crown Jewel show. I mean, the fucking, uh, the, the, the Shawn Michaels and the Takers and the Canes. I'm fucking done. I'm done. I don't need any more fucking people coming back to do nothing. Okay? Your time is up. It's over. It's been gone for a long time. I'm done. That's very strong statement that I'm making right now, especially to close out the show. And I'll divulge into this probably more the next time because I'll, I'll, I'll have a more thought out opinion about that. But I'm just, I'm through with it. I'm sick of it. I don't need to see any more O-heads doing anything else. I love, it's not nostalgia if you do it every fucking day. It's not. Once in a while, you bring these fucking guys back. They shuck and jive. They wave. It's a cool moment. But today's WWE should be about today's superstars. That's it. Shouldn't be about yesterday's fucking people. The match that we had on Raw, the 10-woman tag, and then Natalia and Bailey, that was nice. That was a good moment. That needs to be the end of it. Never again. It should be over at this point. So, hopefully it will be. Alright, so I'm not going to talk you guys' ears off anymore. I know you guys are getting ready to go do some shit. So, here's the deal. It's Halloween. I'm going to probably put this out a little earlier so I can go hang out with my kid. Everybody out there, be safe. I didn't do a Halloween episode this year because, like I said, I've been, I've been running around like a crazy person. So, oh, you guys, uh, a themed episode. Next year, we're going to make it big. Big, 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 big Halloween episode. Especially since it's going to be following the one-year anniversary. So, I owe you guys one on that one. But, uh, yeah, so check that stuff out. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for downloading. Thank you guys for sharing. And thank you guys for enjoying. And go out there and enjoy yourself a happy Halloween. Listen to my daddy's soul. Or she needs an extra line.